Hi, welcome back to the Vogue podcast. I'm Jermaine, I'm here with Miss Tyler, and we'll be doing another Desert Island um, episode. So um, tell me a bit about yourself. Okay, so I'm 56, I nearly said 57, I'm wishing my life away. <laughs> and I've been teaching since 1987, oh, wow. so long time, um, and I went to Oxford, I read English, I come from a very working class background, as opposed to my family to go to university or do A-levels or do O-levels, as they were at the time. I'm married. I've got two children who are now 25 and 23. Mm. And so I'm at the end of my teaching career, really. Uh, I've seen some changes, but also some things come back round again. Um, but, yeah, so what I've tried to do with my Desert Island Discs is think about the various stages of my life and pick a, pick a track that yeah. reminds me of specific things that happened. Um, okay, so what is your top eight track? Okay, so my first one is a track called uh, Come White Horses, and it's from a television programme which was about horses. And like many kids, I was absolutely horse mad, just <laughs> completely obsessed with horses, read loads of books about them, had toy horses. But my parents could never afford for me to even have one single riding lesson. Oh. So I invented an imaginary horse that I went to feed oh. in a stable you know, about, I don't know, 10 minutes walk away from my house every day and just chucked grass over the fence into, <laughs> into the field. I mean, there was a real horse there, but I was just basically lying to myself that I had a horse. Oh. And I got told off by my teacher for, for fabricating this, this story that I had a horse. Um, anyway, that, the, the, the programme, uh, Come White Horses, was lovely and I watched it every week, along with Champion the Wonder Horse, Black Beauty, Follyfoot Farm and various other programmes wow. about horses. <laughs> <laughs> so that definitely is a reminder of my 70s childhood. How, mo- how long did you pretend to have a horse for? Oh, probably only a few months before oh. I got found out. <laughs> <laughs> oh. um, okay, so your second track? Okay, so this is from Greece, which many of uh, you will know, and it's Hopelessly Devoted to You by Olivia Newton-John, and I think it takes you really into that sort of pain of an unrequited love. And uh, yeah, when I was probably 12 till pretty much all the way to remote secondary school, I was completely had this massive crush on my English teacher, who actually became (laughs) and is now a very, very close friend. Um... Uh, it, it was a bit of a pointless crush, really, anyway, because he was gay, as it turned out. Oh. But, <laughs> um, oh. but he became very good. And actually, he was very kind and very sensitive about the whole thing and um, saw that I was reading a lot. But because I wanted to impress him, I read masses and I read the entire works of Dickens, One Summer Holiday, oh the entire works of Shakespeare, Another Summer Holiday. And so I actually became really well-read and quite well-educated, wow, simply from that. reading so much to impress him. And then he uh, said one day, have you ever thought about Oxbridge? And I thought he'd said Uxbridge, which was a local shopping centre. I'd never heard the word Oxbridge ever. And, um, and there on, so, you know, that's how I eventually got into Oxford. Um, and I, every single day of my life, I have drawn on the knowledge that he inspired me to gain and the skills that he gave me every single day. And so I owe him impressive. massive. But I was, you know, a terrible sort of uh, hopelessly devoted to him. <laughs> quite inspiring though like you learned you read so much and you eventually made so much yeah I I did I mean it was partly helpful coming from a a family that didn't have any money because we never met went anywhere my father had been in the services and was blinded so we he couldn't drive so you could only go as far as you could get on your push bike um (laughs) so I had a lot of time to read and so that's my abiding memory of my childhood is is both my my mother and my father read and he, he lost the vision in one eye but he still could read and he told us stories, and she told us stories. 
So, uh, in fact, both my sisters are graduates as well. Um, so it was really important influence that I was reading. And I, if I had to tell, give anyone advice about how to get cleverer and how to do better in life, I would just say it's all in one word, read. Wow. Do your parents read a lot as well? Yeah, well, yeah, they're my late parents um, both both read a lot. My mother took us up to the library at least once a week, sometimes more than that. Wow. And so we, I always have about four books on the go even now. That sounds inspiring. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, between my family and my English teacher, I, I owe them a lot. Um, okay, so your third track. Yeah, the third one just reminds me of the best party I have probably ever been to. Um, so the track is Fame by Irene Cara um, from the film, and there was a, a popular TV programme at the time. And I was probably in lower sixth, so I was 16, 17, and we did a house drama competition, um, which was absolutely hilarious because what we thought was the absolute worst play won and the worst actress got the best actress award and we were all rather hysterical and probably a bit drunk to be honest looking back <laughs> and then we went to this sort of after show party and everyone was there and we were all on a complete high and I remember us dancing to this song and just having that real glow of sort of you, when you do a school production you really bond or you know yeah. the same as when you're in a sports team or something and and we were just on that sort of real high of being in a gang of people with similar interests and you know, we were all 17, we were at the height of our, our I suppose, physical attractiveness at that point, <laughs> which literally probably wasn't that high for me, but actually it wasn't too bad. <laughs> um, and though you never think it at the time. And we just had such a laugh. And all of us still, um, when we meet up, we reminisce about that particular party. Aww. So that's that one. Um, fourth track? Yeah, fourth track is Vienna by Ultravox. And I've chosen this, again, because it really reminds me of my teenage years and my, my years in, when I was at university. And um, we were what were called the New Romantics, so into this sort of music, the sort of wham, duran, duran, um, New Romantic music. And uh, Vienna by Ultravox was, just sums up the, the tone of that era. Um, it was before the AIDS thing came out. There was a lot of experimentation. It was a great time to be a teenager in some ways. You yeah. had a huge amount of freedom. And uh, as I said, I was in this sort of big gang of people. We were all quite creative and very pretentious. Um, <sighs> and used to drive up to London, go to places like the Blitz Carbon Heaven and dance wow. all night and get back to London, get back to Buckinghamshire where our school was on the train the first train in the morning oh we could God. wear what we wanted in the sixth form and I used to wear all these vintage clothes and massive like pirate shirts and Aww. velvet knickerbockers and goodness knows what and we all looked a terrible sight and when we look <laughs> at photos back then it's so embarrassing but um it was a great time really creative and the music was very much part of that and again uh quite often we'll we'll poster on our Facebook group just a, a track from that time to take us all back to our um golden youth of the 1980s <laughs> <laughs> oh okay um your fifth is it fifth track yeah okay. so uh, this is again uh, one from the musicals and I think um you know theatre I was an English and drama teacher and and did a lot of productions all the way through my early 20s um at my first school which was a big co-ed comprehensive uh in Bromley and we did a production of Fiddler on the Roof. And this is the most beautiful song. Fiddler on the Roof is about a Jewish family at the turn of the century who suffer increasing discrimination and in the end have to move from their visit. It's from a storybook. Um, and it's just a beautiful story, really quite moving and a fantastic musical. And this 
this song, I really urge you to listen to it, Sunrise, Sunset. And it's about, even though when things change and you can have difficulties, the rhythm of life continues. And for these Jewish people, I suppose the rhythm of their faith and the rituals associated with their faith give them a security despite all the prejudice they face. It's just a beautiful song. That's so relevant now as well, like... Yeah, absolutely. And and to other communities as well, you know, see the Syrian community, see what's happening on the Polish yeah. border at the moment. Um, communities who have to migrate. It's a if you haven't seen Fiddler on the Roof, watch the film. It's just the most amazing show. I I think it will be a great show to do here actually at some point. Oh yeah. <laughs> um your sixth one. Right, this is the only classical piece I've chosen, the piece without lyrics actually. It's called Ashakan Farewell. And it's uh, the music theme from a documentary series called The Civil War, about the American Civil War. And I remember um, at my second school, Tunbridge Grammar, the symphony orchestra playing this as one of their pieces. And the whole audience were just in floods of tears. It is such a beautiful piece of music. And another one, actually, I hadn't realised the link till now, that is about the death of a civilization. Um, the Native American Indians, in this case, having to leave their land, being driven out by the settlers going west and wow. the, the civil war, <clears throat> the violence of the civil war. And it's about, again, the farewell to their land. And it's a beautiful, elegiac piece of music. And it is the piece of music that I would like to be played at my funeral, I think, because so nice. it's just so lovely. Classical music is so nice to listen to as well. Just yeah, anyway. very relaxing. Yeah. <laughs> It reminds me of my very fun time at, at Tunbridge Grammar, which was also a fantastically creative school with a brilliant um, choir and orchestra. Oh, wow, that's so nice. So okay. Next so next one is, is a romantic one, and Aww. it's by Roberta Flack, um, whose music I really like, uh, sort of female ballads, and it's called The First Time Ever I Saw Your Face. And it's about... I, well, I, I, I'm assuming it's about a woman seeing a man, but it could be about a woman seeing her own child, actually. Mm. And it's about um, something that we call a coup de foudre, which means clap of thunder. And it's when you see someone and, you're, and you just know that there's going to be a significant relationship out of it, when you just see someone and you just know that's your person. So like love at first sight. Yeah, yes, I think so. But more, it, it, almost more than that. Um, and it's featured in the film Educating Rita, and there's a very moving scene in that film, which is about a working-class girl being educated at a university and having to move away from her family and change all her values. And uh, she sits in the bar with her mother, and they play this song, and the mother has tears rolling down her face, and I think it reminds me perhaps of the guilt I felt when I changed because of my education and perhaps lost touch with my family a bit. So, yeah, really moving one. Yeah, that's really nice. Um, yeah. And then the last one. Yeah. Um, another, another romantic one, really. Yeah. Just a beautiful <laughs> song. It's a Bob Dylan song that Adele uh, then made her own called Make You Feel My Love. Oh, I love and Adele. And again, just a, just, a, just a love song. That's, yeah, uh, just, just, a, just a nice one to listen to. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And she has got the most incredible voice until oh, she so speaks. Yeah. <laughs> How could someone have such a different singing voice yeah. and speaking voice? But she's so talented. Yeah, she is incredibly well. talented. And I'm looking forward to, to getting her new album. And yeah, just the word I'm album makes me, dates me, I'm sure. <laughs> so those are my tracks which take me really through from being about seven years old to being 57. Um, mm. And all take me back to particular moments in my life that I think 
shape you. And I, I hate it when people say, I need to find myself. I'm going to find <laughs> myself. Because that implies there is a finished version of you. And I don't that's think true. that's ever true. I think you're a different person every day because of the music you listen to, because of the people you meet, because of the relationships you have, and because of what you read as well, which all shape you. Yeah, and, exactly. you know, so there's always hope, you know, there's always time to become the person you might have been, as they say. <laughs> yeah. It just shows how powerful music is as well, because it can just take you back. Like, yeah, there's a lovely phrase that said, music is how emotions sound. And I think that that's so true. I think we ought to put that somewhere in the new music hall. Yeah, I've never thought about that. Music is how emotions sound. And it's the... Even people with very deep and severe Alzheimer's, Mm -hmm. um, if they've been pianists, can play pieces from memory still. Or a piece of music, I saw this with my mother-in-law, can take her back to a time in her life and trigger memories that otherwise are completely lost. Or you think are lost. Um, I've just seen the film The Father with Anthony Hopkins and you see there the power of music and how it transports him back to the person he was. So touching as well. So so do keep a... I think everyone should do this, think about the music that's important to them. And in fact, we've just done that with the upper fourth in their inquiry week. Uh, No, sorry, the the fourth in their identity inquiry week where they made a playlist for themselves of significant pieces of music from... And they're only, of course, 11 or 12. But it'd be lovely for them to look back on that and see how their taste in music changes. That's quite nice, actually. Um, Okay, so what is a book you'd bring? Okay, I've really struggled with this one because, (laughs) obviously, I've I've read quite a lot of books and to pick out a special one. But I'm going to choose A Passage to India by E.M. Forster, which I studied for A-level English with the English teacher I was in love with. Um, (laughs) (laughs) And... um, I hated it at first I really didn't like it and then I read it again and since I just appreciated its real complexities and it's about the last days of the English Raj in India when England Britain controlled India and the complex relationships and dilemmas between the Hindus the Muslims the Christians and about the enduring power of nature and how that overarches everything it's a really profound piece of work and it reminds me of my A-levels, which are probably the two happy, two of the happiest years of my life. And just a beautifully constructed book in every way. Really, really hard to study and read. Definitely worth the effort. Wow, that's really interesting, actually. So Passage to India by E.M. Forster. Do read it if you're doing A-level English. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so your luxury item. Okay, no surprise here then. I would take a really good pen, maybe a lovely Mont Blanc pen and some lovely paper. You know that lovely feeling when you open a new exercise book yeah. and write on the first page. Really good set of exercise books so I could keep a diary of my oh, time yeah. on the desert island. And whether I was rescued or whether I was just found as a skeleton on the <laughs> desert island in the end, there'd be a record of what I experienced and, and of my memories. That's and I, so everyone wants well. to leave some sort of legacy yeah, in some exactly. ways, don't they? And it's an absolute privilege of being a teacher because in some ways you do leave legacies. You know, looking at the people yeah. I've taught that have gone on to stuff. Tom Allen, the comedian, he recently published an autobiography. And uh, I get a mention in it in several places, wow. actually. Um, you used to teach him? Yeah, not, not too insulting. Uh, <laughs> yeah, he was one of the people at Cooper's, my first school. And um, sometimes you don't realise the impression you've made on people. But he yeah. says there that my suggestion to him of joining the National Youth Theatre... Um, and, and if you see Tom Allen now, um, he was just as he was when he was at, as he is now when he was at school. So you can imagine it possibly wasn't the easiest 
place for him. And, uh, and that was transformational to him. And sometimes just a kind word or a, a suggestion you make can be influential. I obviously have found that with my own English teacher. But a nasty word or ignoring someone or just not seeing their hurt can be as influential to them as well. So just be kind is what yeah, I would say. Um, and, and, and keep a diary. Be kind and keep the diary because <laughs> it's such a lovely thing to look back on. Yeah, I've started a journal as well. Like, I think I started in, like, year 10 and it was, like, the nicest thing to yeah. read back to. Just to, like, see, like, what you used to think of yourself. And yeah, and, and see that person you are creating yeah, day like, by day. Yeah, just growing. Absolutely. So, it's, um, yeah, I had fun putting this together. So, thank you for the invitation. <laughs> no problem. And I hope that uh, some of you will go and listen to some of those, some of those music, pieces of music. If you're only going to listen to one of those pieces... I would probably say, um, listen to Sunrise Sunset from Fiddler oh. on the Roof. And they're all on YouTube and I will put, I'll send the um, email out actually to the, via the student group so you can go on and you will have the <laughs> links to all the pieces there. Okay, thank you everyone. Bye.